Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hey everyone, this is Guile, and we are doing a special episode tonight on Olivia Dade's new romance novel, Spoiler Alert. And tonight I'm joined by Ash. Hi, this is Ashara Starfall. Um, I guess that's what people used to call me, but <laughs> they don't really anymore. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Gloria Mundy with two eyes at the end. Um, yeah. I messed you up by having you go first, didn't I? Thank you. <laughs> and with the, and uh, we have Jinmo. Hi, I'm Jinmo. You could find me on uh, Tumblr and Twitter as Jinmo. And in addition to our two long-lost pals, we have some regular um, contributors. We have Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Twitter at Oxford Splice. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And I don't think I introduced myself because um, really, I clearly suck. Um, I'm, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. So, uh, for the listeners who have been engrossed in our Game of Thrones re 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 read, you might be wondering, what the fuck are we doing tonight? <laughs> why are we talking about? Um, why are we talking about this romance novel? Well. Um, an exciting news for us, the Jamie Brienne fandom is essentially used as a backdrop um, for this for this new novel. And I would say, actually, should I just I should probably just read the description of um, of it. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, can we can we mention this is also somewhat of a drunk cast since I'm already one old fashioned in and well, and clearly I'm on my game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am sober, so when I screw up, it'll just be me. So, uh, Marcus Castor Rupp, hmm, anyone, sound like anyone we know, has a secret. While the world knows him as Aeneas, the star of the biggest show on TV, Gods of the Gates, he's known to fan fiction readers as book exclamation point Aeneas would never, an anonymous and popular poster. Marcus is able to get out his own frustrations with his character through his stories, especially the ones that feature the Internet's favorite couple to ship, Aeneas and Lavinia. But if anyone ever found out about his online persona, he'd be fired immediately. Um, April Whittier has secrets of her own. A hardcore Lavinia fan, she's hidden her fan fiction and cosplay hobby from her real life for years, but not anymore. When she decides to post her latest Lavinia creation on Twitter, her photo goes viral. Trolls and supporters alike are commenting on her plus-size take, but when Marcus, one half of her OTP, sees her pick and asks her out on a date despite her critics, she realizes life is really stranger than fiction. Or, really stranger than fan fiction. Even though their first date is a disaster, Marcus quickly realizes that he wants much more from April than a one-time publicity stunt. And when he discovers she's actually unapologetic Lavinia Stan, his closest fandom friend, he has one more huge secret to hide from her. With love and Marcus's career on the line, can the two of them stop hiding once and for all, or will a match made in fandom end up prematurely canceled? 
There we have so, it. There, are, are we going full spoiler? I assume that we are. Oh, since yeah. Sort of we our should. MO. Yep. Yes. Um, and also, if you've ever seen a romantic comedy, I've also feel like you should probably know <laughs> or read a romance novel yeah, yeah. or watched a hallmark <laughs> you know where this is going yeah <laughs> so just you know general i guess before we maybe get into some of the details you know what are your general impressions of the book just as you know living on its own did you enjoy it or not i wasn't sure i would i've been kind of removed in a lot of ways from this kind of thing for a long time but i sat down yesterday and I read through it and I enjoyed it and I think I'll actually keep the book which I very rarely do these days so I I think it would be I actually recommended it to a couple of friends who don't read Vic um and I think it's something you could enjoy without that and without having the knowledge of I mean like I guess if you were from another planet and didn't know what Game of Thrones was and I mean, I imagine there are a lot of people who honestly do not know who Nikolai is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it would stand on its own. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, it would stand I, I on agree. its own, too. I agree. And I also think it was a really good, um, like, just general portrayal of fandom. Um, that it, it really isn't specific to uh, Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones or anything. Like, you, you have those little winks to it. But if you don't watch it or if you didn't read the books, you can totally enjoy this just as a fandom person. Oh, yeah, definitely. You have if you have any fandom background at all, I think you'd have no no trouble following it. It would you would not have to have been in Game of Thrones, especially fandom. Um, There are definitely some like little treats if you were in Game of Thrones, fandom, but you, you wouldn't have had to be at all, I wouldn't say. Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I hadn't I used to read romance a lot like in the early to mid aughts and um, I hadn't read uh, a contemporary romance, which was never my favorite um, subgenre you like the of pirates, romance. right? <laughs> no, I was I just like historicals. Um, but you know, I it was it was actually pretty good. I was surprised how good it was. I. I didn't expect to like it so much. We had talked about doing mm-hmm. a podcast of it like months ago um, because we were just like, well, this is, you know, we're in a fandom with no new content, so we might as well, you know, make hay with whatever we get. Um, and I actually enjoyed it and I, I really did not expect to. So that, that was, that was really cool. I, yeah, it was good. I would recommend it to someone who likes romance. What did you think, Jen? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm not sure about it. I haven't been able to sit through a book in a long time just because my focus has been all over the place. Um, And that was the first book I finished from, like, start to finish, like, super – well, (laughs) I got, like, 75% of the way through because – the, the buildup to the binging was really good. And so I was on the edge of my seat, like, the whole time, just like, just have sex already. <laughs> and then they did. And then I was like, okay, I'm satisfied. And then I put it down for a bit. And then I forgot to come back to it, like, a week for, like, a week. And then I finished it. I could have easily just sat there and, like, read the whole thing. Yeah, I, I have my was- priorities. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cute, you know, and like good escapist, you know, it's just, it's a really, it's a fortuitous timing for this book, you know, to come out because it is very, you know, light, I mean, pretty light and fluffy for the most part. Although I think, you know, 
the rep, you know, there's the representation of a larger size woman that, you know, kind of adds maybe a little bit of substance to the book that it wouldn't necessarily otherwise have. And I think like the character of her mother is really interesting too. Just, you know, the portrayal of her with her parents is, is maybe a little bit deeper than just like something really fluffy, but you know, in terms of like the general stress of our pandemic world and our pending, you know, doom election, um, you know, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of escapist fun. That's for sure. Um, yeah, you know, Kyle, I actually, I really felt the same way. Um, again, I have consumed in my life a lot of romance novels and, you know, there's, there's definitely a formula there. Um, and sometimes things outside the actual romance are a little bit difficult to kind of wade through in romance. Sometimes they're, they're definitely the the lower parts of the book, but that was not the case with this. Actually, both characters had really good backstories with their families um, I, I really found actually, I think my most moving scene in the whole book for me was maybe Marcus's um, first meeting with his parents. I, I just, you know, like th- there were some really good um, kind of subtlety, a little subtle moments, really, really recognizable family moments. And I just really actually really enjoyed it a lot. It was, it was really good. And I kind of, you know, and I, you know, I'm certainly guilty of this as as a writer, like that need to like neatly package things up, and like their relationships with their parents weren't, you know, it, yeah. it's left unresolved, much like you know real life. You know, they get their happy, you know, they're happily ever after, but it's not really with their parents. Like those are still unresolved relationships, and I kind of appreciate like that level of realism along with you know the happily ever after. I actually, I kind of wonder, and I maybe you probably are all going to outvote me on this, but like, I felt like there could have been a little bit more about the family relationships and a little less of the sex. Um, And I think the reason I felt that is because it felt, this is one of my few, there were a few things I thought could have been a little bit better, but it's her first novel. Um, No, it isn't. It isn't her first novel. It isn't? She's written before? Oh, well, I got to add some more stuff then. (laughs) Um, I didn't know this that. Is, I think some of it's been self-published, so I don't know. Oh, if this is her. Yeah, it might, it might be. That might I, be the case. I think it's actually her first like uh, full-length okay. uh, novel. Um, but she's written a ton of. Novels. Oh my god! Oh, I yeah. gotta add these. Okay, this yeah, is what and I'm doing. I've, I've read some of her other stuff, and and it's also been really good. Like she has this thing. Oh, she, love like, struck librarians. Oh my god. Okay, you know. yes, yes, there is a librarian thing. There's a teacher one that's actually really, really hot. And it's like, like, teachers shouldn't be this hot. Uh, <laughs> the, my, I hope my mom doesn't ever hear that. Uh, um, okay, no, I take she, that back. She, 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 pick, she picks these, like, really, I don't know, like, really weird uh, plot lines or really weird characters like stuff that doesn't really get put into into romance novels like that's really kind cool. of the yeah one of the characters she has in one of her other novellas is this teacher she's an art teacher who does um murder dioramas like that's wow weird. i mean that's i've never cool. heard of cool. murder like, dioramas um, but that sounds amazing yeah, like, like, like like the lady from Hereditary, she has like murder dioramas, and you know that's like the whole thing is like you know she gets her students to like look through the diorama and figure out like the murder. And, that's well, like I mean, Francis Lee. That's a real person. 
Oh, well, there you go. Well, I think that's a theme of of the, you know, a little bit of a theme of the book, too, is that kind of letting your freak flag, you know, letting your freak flag fly. Like being, you know, it sounds a little trite, but, you know, like embracing that weirdness and, you know, knowing that that's not going to prevent, you know, being weird doesn't keep you from being worthy of, you know, worthy of this romance either. And, you know, whether you're a world famous actor or, you know, a geologist, like... It's kind of, yeah. you know, we, we want to see that, you know, people want to see that true inner weird self. Like, that's, you know, the appeal of people. And, yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting that they both do kind of have these inner these inner lives. They're not just about, you know, you can imagine what they would do on a day that they're not together. Like, yeah, they have the, another the, life. The, the build of the characters is, 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 is pretty good, uh, especially... I don't. I feel like I'm knocking the romance genre, which I actually love, and I, I don't want to do that. Uh, sometimes in romance, you don't always get that, and, but it's definitely here. And I mean, it, it's always there in, in good romance novels, obviously. There's um, a nice they're, layering. They're good characters. What was that? Kind of? I felt. I said there's a nice layering. I mean, it felt like richer than. I mean, okay, my romance credentials is I read a ton, a ton of Regency romances in like the 80s and the 90s. And part of the aughts, but um, in the 2010s. <laughs> no, no, I actually stopped there, and I read like a lot of historical <laughs> stuff. I didn't really read modern, but um, a lot of times they're thin. You know, there's some pretty clothes. There's some nice. You know, there's the sex, and you know, it's the build up and all that. But it's not like there's a lot of depth. And this felt like there was a fair amount. I I would have liked to have seen a little more of that, and I felt like after. Like, towards the end for me, it kind of deflated a little. But not, like I said, I'm keeping the book, and I almost never do that. So. Um, so, you know, kind of maybe diving into, you know, did you guys feel, okay, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, how close or how much did you think this was about Game of Thrones? And maybe even compared to what you think it would have been about Game of Thrones? Well, are we talking about the the Nikolai aspect here? Yeah, yeah, and you know, the, and the the RFP or the you know real RPF. Yeah, RPF. okay. So, <laughs> I, request for proposal. <laughs> what? I forget sometimes that this is your first fandom, Guile. I, <laughs> um, you know, I um, when I was reading it, I, the first chapter was the toughest for me to get through. Um, not not that it was poorly written per se. But uh, not actually at all. I don't mean to imply that it was poorly written. I had trouble getting through the first chapter because I was experiencing copious amounts of secondhand embarrassment. I actually started live tweeting it because I just could only get through about maybe half a page or three quarters of a page at a time. I think I was in our group chat kind of like. We were, I think I, think I remember <laughs> being like, it gets, you know, yeah, this is the most, like that first chapter is the most recognizable, like, yes. oh, this is Nikolai. And yeah, yes, it's very, and I mean, because, it's, yeah, you know, it's, you, you obviously you haven't gotten very far into his character. The character, his personality is actually very different than Nikolai. It's kind of like someone is writing an AU of a different character and gave them a combination of like Nikolai and Jamie Lannister's um, life experiences a little bit and just kind of combine them and then put a, I mean, a different, a different personality in the body experiencing those yeah. things. And I think he just um, kind of looks like early season Nikolai. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's definitely meant to look like Nikolai because the, the, the cover of the book, no doubt looks mm-hmm. like Nikolai, including down to the armor, which is very close to Nikolai's yeah. armor from the show. 
Um, and, you know, because when we first heard about this book, uh, we all were like, oh, okay, so this is RPF. And I guess maybe I should say what RPF. <laughs> so RPF is is real person fiction. Um, and it, it's... I, I don't I don't even know how to explain it. it's well it's exactly what it sounds like it's it's fan fiction written about um real people <laughs> yeah and typically and I mean this would be like a self-insert we would you know the equivalent of a self-insert right uh yes uh, yeah to an extent I mean if you were defining it loosely yeah I would definitely say this is it's not like it was like a, a your name I don't know have any of you guys ever even read real person fiction I, I don't I mean I've read oh, you oh, know yeah. <laughs> Aside from the stuff I may have written as a like a teenager, the closest (laughs) I got to it was last presidential election when we found the trove of Macron and um, and Justin Trudeau RPF. (laughs) (laughs) And that was pretty hot, but I have never delved into that since that night. It was. There's a whole genre, apparently, of um, political RPF. I think there's but, a lot of like there was Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, and then um, Chasen Buttigieg. Uh, I can't think of his entire last name. Oh my! Like god. that was a pretty popular threesome. Oh my god! I did not know that. <laughs> but that is as close as I've ever really come to it, and I don't count the stuff I wrote when I was twelve. I just yeah. don't. My experience has always been someone sends me a link or something. I was actually thinking about it. I think the first RPF I ever read was InSync fan fiction. Um, it must have been like in the late 90s or early aughts. When I, my sisters knew that I was into fandoms and read and wrote fan fiction. And they were super into InSync and um, Backstreet Boys. And so they had started reading InSync fan fiction and they wanted to show it to me. And it was kind of inexplicable to me. It's 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 not. It actually kind of makes me squirrely. I'll be honest. I'm very live and let live. If you're into it, great. Whatever floats your boat. Um, it it makes me a little uncomfortable. And so that's kind of what I experienced reading the first chapter. I may not have experienced that had I not been in our specific fandom. And, um, you know, just knowing so much about Nikolai, just yeah. I mean, it's kind of in the fandom. It's <laughs> it kind of interesting though, because I mean, it's very like once you get into the novel, I think we probably all agree that it's very much not Nikolai. Like it's just yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's yeah. really not him. Absolutely. But if you weren't in the, you know, if you weren't in our fandom and you don't like creepily know as much about him as we do, or like like really know about him like we do you might just assume that this is him, you know, like it's weird. Like the closer you, the deeper you are in fandom, you know, the, le- the more obvious it is that it's, you know, not him at all. Yeah. And it is like really like such a mesh of like fandom Jamie. Cause not even like canon Jamie. It's like fan and Jamie. Oh, um, I dude, I have that note that it's like fan show yeah. fan. And Jamie. Yes. yes. Show learning disability. Jamie. The, exactly. you know, yeah. And, yeah. like, that whole thing about, like, the stupidest Lannister, um, like, that's, that's the, like, that's kind of, like, where the characterization was taking me. So, like, if I wasn't, like, totally obsessed with Jamie Lannister, I would not have recognized <laughs> this person in the, while reading this, this romance novel. Yeah, for me, it was so distant from Nikolai and Jamie that, like, I, even though I knew he was supposed to look kind of like Nikolai, I just couldn't even, I just pictured someone completely different. And I was worried, yes. like, that off of the first chapter or so that that's what I was going to 
I was just going to associate this character with Nikolai the whole time, but I never did. It just like in my brain, he just morphed into something completely different. So that shows that like she, for me at least, she wrote it enough to where I didn't attach Nikolai to him at all because I couldn't even picture him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Somewhere, somewhere around the fourth or fifth chapter, I stopped thinking about Nikolai really at all. There were still some Game of Thrones in jokes, and there are tons of Game of Thrones in jokes that, I mean, like if you were in the fandom, well, you wouldn't even have had to be in the fandom for some of them. It's like I think the the water bottles and the coffee cups yeah. got a shout out, and yeah, you know, just some of the flubs from season eight, and just kind of the the in jokes about you know Benioff yeah. and Weiss, the producers I, of Game I of think Thrones. The closest, I mean. Ron and is it RJ or whatever yeah. are clearly I mean there is no doubt I don't know how you I think hell if you had read a couple of variety articles you would know who the hell that was you know I was thinking like I think the novel I think it's but this has been pretty successful and I mean it's been reviewed you know every you know it's been reviewed in the New York Times it's been like you know given a lot of publicity and it's almost a shame because you kind of could see how it could be a movie, but unless it's like on HBO, I don't see how anyone would make, would produce it because they'd piss off HBO. <laughs> oh, I know. Just, yeah, I could do it. I mean, you just would change it. I was thinking it would make a good Hallmark movie. I don't watch enough Hallmark movies, so maybe I don't. Oh, know it's what perfect I'm for that. About. Totally, it's a little too for sexy that. for a Hallmark movie and a little well, they, bit too like too clever. Dial it down. Yeah. Yeah, they could totally. I mean, I could see that. You know, Jen, I was thinking of, you know, just the fact that, you know, Marcus kind of gets out his frustrations about the show by writing fiction. And I mean, that was something that kind of rang true to, to Nikolai for me, just knowing, you know, that he wrote basically the Jamie Brienne um, fan <laughs> play that you saw. Yeah. And, you know, that that's one other thing that I thought felt very, you know, very much like him. Yeah, I'm yeah. still like, I'm like wondering because of the timing. I was like was it like kind of like Jamie Brian triggered for him or not? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, <laughs> at least unconscious. I thought it was conscious. Yeah. Because it's like the whole, th- yeah, that, that play was something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's funny about this is, you know, it's, this definitely plays on some kind of, um, fandom lore specific to Jamie Brian fandom, very specific to Jamie well, Brian right. fandom in that, should oh, we sorry, talk go ahead. about, I mean, do you want to talk about, like, the very specific piece that, like, you personally coined? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, like, the, the the bang that was promised is actually quoted uh, in it, which is funny. I saw, like, um, Half a God got a quote somewhere oh, yeah. kind of in context of, of the Aeneid. But, um, yeah, it, <laughs> there are some really specific things, but one of the kind of, like, major plot points is specific to our fandom. Well, not, you know, is it specific to our fandom? Cause everybody always thinks this, but it's the actor lurking in fandom lore, yeah. which in our fandom actually is at least somewhat verifiably true. <laughs> Nikolai has done a little bit of fandom lurking that actually has been verified. He sent someone an anon on Tumblr about something one time. So we actually <laughs> do know. And it was verified. He talked about it openly on Twitter with the person as well. So we all saw it. And no, I don't know when that was. 2013, 2014, something like that. I remember that. It was. It was one. It was some movie that he was promoting, and the person posted these like either set shots or something like that. And he was like, "Can you please take those down? Those aren't supposed to be published yet. Thank you very yeah. much." And the girl was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Nikolai. I love you. I'm sorry." <laughs> Did you guys, um, did you ever, uh, way back in the day, um, when te- television without pity was the thing? I don't know if any of you remember that. 
Um, yeah, I do. Um, Aaron Sorkin started interacting with people on the West Wing section of the site. Oh, and it's right. And then he wrote him into the show in a really. It did not go well, and um, I mean, it went well at first, and then it devolved. But I mean, like that was a thing, like that happened and got play. Oh yeah. He wrote oh it into the God. show and had yeah. Josh like finding whole... himself and like it was very insulting to the form. Well, yeah, and this was back in the early days of um, kind of well, not the super early days, but I'm going to say the days when actual people working in TV were able to find um, fandom <sighs> online. Yeah, um, early aughts that happened actually in a few fandoms, things like that. I mean, Joss Whedon was definitely known to kind of lurk in fandom, and so were some of his writers. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a long-term thing. Um, people in, in, in fandom thinking that people in production might be looking at things and sometimes it did turn out to be true. I think a lot of the time it's kind of just, you know, imaginary or lore, but in this case with Nikolai and beyond that Tumblr non, there've been a couple of other things that we kind of think he probably actually does lurk ever so slightly in fandom or used to. I'm sure he doesn't anymore, but yeah. No, probably not. What would be the point? There's nothing happening. I mean, I I do expect, and I'd be shocked if he didn't read Winds of Winter if it ever came out. But you know, I'm sure he'll just Control F for Jamie, <laughs> just like the rest of us. Um, you know, I did oh, think oh, that that Kara, who's the character that plays Dido in the show, you know, that was like the clearest link for me between a character and like an actor. Like it was obviously Lena Headey. Like it was, you know, just everything about her was like, clearly that was Lena, but I mean, it wasn't like she was a big character in the book or anything, but it was just the one that was like, Oh yeah, that's her. There's an older gentleman or an older actor, male actor that ends up being the leak for this final season of the show. And I, you know, he's kind of like, there's a group chat, which also I think people think exists with the game of Thrones actors. And they've said it exists. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't think that this, you know, this older actor that ended up being the link to all the spoilers was, you know, based on anyone at all. And the person who plays Lavinia wasn't really Gwen or anything like that. So, I mean, it was really, you know, the actual characters are, you know, loosely, if at all, a part of, you know, part of the actors. While, you know, there's little bits in between chapters and there's some, like, fake dialogue from the, sh- from the show in there. And it's, like, the one that cracks me up, it's, like, dialogue from like the first season which is you know very rich and good and then the last season is like just like two lines of, like just utter shit yeah. <laughs> i love i loved the, the i loved the ones that were of um the marcus characters bad movies yes. <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> yeah so they have bits so i mean the book had like little bits of dialogue or little scenes from other terrible projects he's been in which you know I mean, Nikolai's like been his... in some losers too, but you know, there was one where it's like a, what is he just, he was like a unicycle boy. And like, there's the obvious manic pixie dream girl character. It was just like yeah. super absurd. And um, I thought t- that was where Dade really shined. She, she really did a good job yeah. with those kind of, you know, I guess little kind of interstitial, you know, in between chapters, just those little, like there'd be, you know, a little blurb of fan fiction or something mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, dialogue from a movie, dialogue from the show. I, I kind of love those, actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a funny book. Like, it's definitely a romantic comedy. Yeah. With some depth to it. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, you could kind of picture some of your classic, you know, 
you can kind of picture some of your classic rom-com actresses if, you know, again, this wasn't a very, you know, purposely plus-size beautiful woman. You know, you, but it's like that same, you're, you know, it's your same stable of, you know, romantic, romantic comedy leading men and leading women that, you know, would be in the film version of this for the most part. Um, did any, like, how many of you wish that Gods at the Gates was real? <laughs> God, I, oh you know what's God. funny? I was live tweeting the first that. chapter. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I had to read the Aeneid, I think, in late in high school, and I completely forgot about it immediately afterwards. So when I saw the name Aeneas, I just thought it was some dumb send up of a Targaryen name. And I did it did not click <laughs> to me that this was the actual Aeneid. Because um, I, I, I remember more about Greek mythology for whatever reason than I do Roman. And uh, finally, like after I was like two or three chapters in, I was like, oh, this really is supposed to be an adaption the of the actual, Aeneid. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, and I mean, she cre- actually goes ahead and, you know, does some world building. Like she creates this entire like fictional version of the, you know, very fictional version of the Aeneid. It's, it's not fiction, but, you know, well, it's this I very different she- world. I knew that she had it, so she had an adaption of an adaption of an adaption. So she had, like, a George R.R. Martin character, who she made a woman, good for her, um, who had written a a series of books, you know, an adaption of the Aeneid. And then the show is an adaption of the adaption of the Aeneid. Which is an adapt, which is the post as... So, um, on the Discord, Weeberry, you know, asked a question. Um, I haven't read the book, but I was curious to know if the fact the show in the book... The show in the book is an adaptation of the Aeneid, which is technically a post-canon divergence of the Iliad. Um, does that play thematically into the story with the main character playing Aeneas, the son of Aphrodite? And that's why he has to be beautiful. <laughs> and yes, and you would love it because it is an adaption of an adaption of an adaption of an adaption. It's great. Very meta. It goes very deep. <laughs> I mean, I just, I really like, I loved that, um... I love that in the books, in the, okay, in the fake books, Cupid saves Dido's life by like give, pricking her with like the take the love away arrow so that she doesn't kill herself when Aeneas leaves her. In the show, apparently, in the show based on the fake books, um, she does kill herself and comes back from the dead, like, you know, full of rage and stuff. So there's that same, like, she creates the world, but then creates the alternate version of that fake world that she's created. So there's like a whole bunch of layers of creation here. So she, which I think is fun. She adapted, she adapted the, is it the Aeneid? Aeneid? Is that how you say it? She adapted the adapt- Aeneid and then it had a TV adaptation of that adaption. But, but a crappy one. Right, a crappy one. Yes. <laughs> so like that's some skill, like to write a crappy version, like to write a crappy plot of a good plot, like, that takes skill. I yeah. I thought it was so cool. I did too. And it was actually funny. And, you know, it just played really well in the background as kind of a backdrop, just kind of like the ongoing. It's like, yes, from coming from Game of Thrones, especially after season eight, we all have our little jokes about, you know, how dumb it was. But she kind of created her own versions of things and some that weren't even really from from yeah. Game of Thrones. And it was a really good backdrop. I, she just, she did a really good job of creating an atmosphere with the show and everything. I thought she, she did a really good job of that. One thing I kind of miss though, is, you know, definitely in the first half of the book, there's a little bit more of that. And then, you know, kind of naturally the relationship takes center stage, but I would have liked to have seen 
a little bit of what is the, you know, I don't know that we ever saw, like, what happens to this fandom when they see this final season, you know? Like, what actually is their reaction? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, and maybe this gets into a little bit of, you know, her, so, you know, obviously she had... Mind you, that she's going to write about this. Right, true, right. true. And I wonder if that will be in the sequel. That might be where the the meat of the sequel yeah. plays out. Yeah, which would be yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, that'll be deli- that'll be delightful. Um, but I think you know, I guess one of the things that has come up in conversations a lot as as we as we've been preparing for this episode is you know the fact that there was someone you know she said the author says that she's been lurking, you know, she was lurking in the Jamie and Brienne fandom for over a year. And, you know, are there things that are, you know, Buck O'Hare asked, you know, I wonder how obvious it was that she had been researching our corner fandom. Are there any Easter eggs or other things that you were surprised were so detailed? And then I think, you know, getting into some of the further conversations we've had about this, how do you guys feel about, um, you know, feel about like our tiny fandom kind of, being, you know, I don't being used like this, but used isn't really quite the word I mean. It's more of maybe just our fandom being a part of something like this. I don't, and other people may have a different perspective, but I feel like she, a lot of thoughts. Uh, like, I think, first of all, I think she used the idea. I think you could go into pretty much any fandom. I, I, And I think you could get a sense. I mean, they all kind of work a similar way. There may be certain things that fly in a different fandom that don't fly in another. But I didn't feel like even the other characters who she, you know, who are other fandom people besides um, April and uh, Marcus, who are really the main ones, they're not well defined enough to me for me to feel like they're based on anybody. Oh, They're yeah, just sort of no. screen names. And the other thing is, is this stuff is not, it's not like we're all in some place where we've sworn the Omerta and done a secret handshake. I mean, you can pretty much sign up for this stuff and get into a fandom and lurk. And I think anyone who thinks that it's a, you know, a secure place is not, I don't think that's a wise assumption. You should assume that people can be reading your stuff and using, I mean... It's not public, but it's not exactly private either. And I just didn't feel like it was well drawn enough to be specific enough to be about anybody in particular. I think it was more about what it's like to be in a fandom. Yeah. Mm. And I thought it was a positive portrayal because for a lot of people, you know, fandom is like a very weird thing and I mean like I live in fear that someday someone is going to figure out who I am and connect it with my real life and I mean like one of the things I really liked was that fear of meeting you know someone you've been connected with for for years maybe but you've never actually met Yeah. like uh-huh. I've met I've stayed in Guile's house I've met Chicky I've met Clotho I've met Lot but there's always that sort of okay are they going to turn out to be you know, how's this all going to play out? An act yeah. murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there were a lot of, uh, you know, and, and that was kind of for me, um, you know, fandom portrayals in any media, um, even when they're handled with care 
are often, um, you know, there's, there's some slight poking fun at fandom underneath it all. I remember there was a, a pretty good um, documentary about SDCC or um, actually what is, you know, colloquially, colloquially, colloquially retur- referred to as Comic-Con. Sorry, I am, I am getting drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which I've gone to several times in my life um, and I'm very attached to. And there was, there was a documentary done a few years ago and, and it really handled fandom with care, but even that had a few moments where they kind of poked fun at what they thought were maybe the, the fringe sides of fandom and stuff. So I guess as someone who's been in fandom for like, oh, God, 20, oh, at least 22 or 23 years, um, I, I, I always feel some anxiousness, some anxiety anytime I, I, I go into a fandom representation in anything because, it, you know, you're like talking about the West Wing. That was I wasn't even watching the West Wing then, but I remember that furor and I was annoyed at the time watching clips. Um, you know, it, it's almost always somewhat negative or pitying or something. And so uh, that was part of my my anxiety going into this book was, you know, how will fandom be handled? And um, this is maybe the first fandom portrayal in in um, any sort of um, mainstream media that I have not had any discomfort with because part of the story is that April, the, um, the heroine um, wants to be able to live her authentic fandom life. And she actually switches jobs just so that she can like, you know, talk publicly about her cosplay and stuff and not worry about pictures of her doing cosplay um, going around to the people at her job. And like everything about it is really positive to me. It's just, it's very much about, you know, like, Hey, fandom is great. I really want to be in fandom. It's a very positive representation of fandom. Not to say that all of fandom is positive, but you know what I mean? It, it wasn't, it wasn't disparaging people in fandom. And I really appreciated that because that's a concern. Like even <laughs> I do, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, Nikolai is the one who I, you know, I'm, I'm sure this actually, he probably will love this book if he finds out that it exists knowing him. But, um, you know, obviously there are some things that are definitely him, or at least his experiences in this book. Um, but it's like, I was like, oh, he kind of has it coming because he's trying to make a fandom documentary or was before COVID-19 happened. Um, and I think, well, I've had some conversations in fandom where a lot of us were nervous about how negative that might be. Um, you know, so it, it just felt really good that, number one, this definitely handled fandom with extreme care and definitely is a pro fandom book. I mean, this is not in any way making fun of anyone for being in fandom or, or um, showing being in fandom as a negative thing at all. Yeah. And I really like that. The JB fandom, um, not brainy. The JB <laughs> I, I really like, sorry. I like, I just took a hit right before I started speaking. Um, we love you. <laughs> um, but I really like that. It's like, like, I like that we were kind of used as, like, an inspiration because it was such a positive thing. So it was like, this is what fandom could be, you know? Like, it's, it, you know, that we were passed off as, like, intelligent. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, we are the most intelligent sub-fandom of the <laughs> song. And I mean, that's, that's true, well, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, like, half kidding, but... um, I'm not at all kidding. <laughs> I mean, we have some duds, but, (laughs) um, and then it also like, you know, it just like really showcased like how fun it is and how, you know, you build connections with people. Um, yeah, like it's, it just, it play, it 
put it in such a positive light that there's like nothing I didn't get offended at all that we were like a couple of our jokes were used or because it was it was just used as the example of this is like a good thing <laughs> we had a comment from Wyrette on the discord and you know her concern and it is this I'm, I'm quoting her but there is you know, a fairly in-depth conversation on the Discord, on, on the Jamie Brian Discord about this. So it is, if it is something that, you know, listening to this, you're interested in diving into more detail, you know, there's there's a very long, you know, really well thought out as, as typical um, discussion around this. And, you know, she asked, she says, the core question is trust. Was, is she playing and having fun with the fandom or is she doing it about the fandom? And, you know, for me, it was definitely it's with the fandom because it's, I mean, the book is not about fandom. Fandom is the thing that brings the, you know, the lovers together and it's something that's important to them both, but it's the backdrop. At least, you know, that's kind of how I felt about it. And, you know, I think some of the things that came out of this conversation was this, you know, there is like a little bit of sense of betrayal that some people felt um, in terms of someone, you know, lurking or being part of their fandom and then writing about, writing about that experience. Um, I don't, you know, I guess for me, I felt like she was writing about her experience in fandom, and it seems like her experience in fandom was really positive. And that's, you know, that is like her, you know, she owns that experience. Um, I don't have the book handy, but it's in the other room. But I want to say in the acknowledgments, she, she doesn't say like, Hey, thanks for letting me lurk. She talks about being in a fandom in the fandom at a time in her life when she needed it. And when she I'm not misremembering there, am I? I mean, it sounded like it was a thing she experienced and then thought about using. Yeah, I don't think it was like a purpose, you know, from what I understand, it was like she got into the ship from like from Tumblr pictures. And I think I I just assumed it was more authentic because she'd been in fandom before, so therefore she in this fandom, you know, thought Nikolai was super hot and then, you know, had an idea to write the story. Yeah, like, I, I didn't feel she was like, I didn't feel she was like, hmm, let's see which fandom I can mine for inspiration for my latest romance novel. You know? Like right. That, that really didn't come across at all. And even, like, the, the jokes and the details that you can kind of recognize the Jamie and Brienne fandom in there, it's really... Like it's window dressing. None of it is 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 important to the plot. Like you could take those away, and it wouldn't really change the story at all. It's just you know these little fun details who bring to life this fandom that she created. Yeah, they're just like sprinkled in randomly, and then like I even missed a few and went back. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> is that what I thought I saw? Um, yeah, so it's not like the focus of the story. So it's not about the Jamie and Brian fandom. It's just kind of like, you know, inspired by it. So well, it's like she's a, as, a geologist, I believe, as in her the character, not not the author. Yeah. And I mean, like she talks a lot about geology, and there's a whole bunch of stuff about that. But that's it's not about geology either. Exactly. It, it's just like that's. You know, you're giving the character a background and you're kind of finding a way to pull them together. And most authors do take inspiration from the things around them. Uh, I mean, so I don't feel it's at all like a purposeful exploitation. It just does not read like that. No, 
No, no, no. I, I think there might have been a misconception. I kind of tried to research this when I heard that there was this controversy because it really kind of shocked me. I thought, okay, here's what I thought the controversies were with this book. Number one, it's RPF. And um, we actually didn't really talk much about this, but <laughs> the RPF part of fandom, RPF comes in many, in many varieties. Some RPF is shipping um, fic, just like, you know, uh, normal shipping fan fiction that might be for fictional characters. So in our fandom, most of the RPF world, rather than just self-insert, you know, fan of Gwendolyn Christie or fan of, of Nikolai Kosterwaldo, I'm sure that stuff exists. I don't know. I should have checked. Um, most of the RPF in our fandom is actually shipping Gwen and Nick together, um, which is very awkward for a lot of us. And a lot of us don't really like to interact with it very much just because they're both in very committed relationships. And it's um, not something any of us, I think, on this episode are into anyway. Um, but the thing, the thing that, uh, that surprised me, I, I thought that that would be the controversy. I thought that possibly the fact that this was, um, commercializing an aspect of fandom, which does come up as a controversy, just kind of pan fandom, it, you know, every once in a while, someone will pull in, oh, what's her name? E.L. E.L. James. Is that the name of the 50 shades yeah. of gray woman who she took her fanfic yeah. from the twilight universe and, you know, we call it, we, we call it, you know, filing off the serial numbers and then, you know, basically changed the names, changed a little bit of detail and, and republished it as, as original. And this has happened several times. Um, it actually happened before she did it. Um, there was apparently, my sister was telling me a pretty famous RPF um, fanfic for, I think, Harry Styles or someone in, in One Direction that got published a few years ago that I somehow yes. completely missed. You guys, oh, you know what? This is, what? this is, uh, I think this is the after series. Maybe there was a movie on Netflix and they had a deal to like, do the, like the whole like four book saga, but it's basically like, you know, teenagers being, you know, really horny and really like messed up and dramatic. <laughs> That's the whole thing of it. But yeah, I, I think that, I think it's that one. Um, yeah, and people got mad at it. It was on what? Um, uh, Wattpad? Wattpad? Oh, was it a Wattpad? Yeah, I guess yeah. a lot of RPF is on Wattpad. Somebody told me a lot of BTS is on Wattpad. I don't, I've, I've looked at Wattpad in my life, but I, I've never really yeah, read anything there. Yeah, it's a generational there. thing. I think. Is it, yeah, well, we, it, this is another thing we should That's probably say. <laughs> well, Jin and Ash are younger than, than those of us who are regulars on the podcast, but we're all really old, and we've... <laughs> Yeah, we've all been in fandom yeah. a long time. Well, so and it's, it's kind of like we've been there, done that with the commercializing of stuff. And, you know, I mean, I don't I think none of us are particularly interested in, like, saying who we think Olivia Dade was in fandom. I know people have guesses and speculation, but, you know, I know that she's about our age, you know, Chicky, comma and I. So, I mean, she's kind of in that, you know, she's yeah. in our age range where presumably she was shipping something before Jamie and Brienne. You know, she's been another you know, she's been in other fandoms as well. Yeah. So I think, well, this yeah. gets to what the actual controversy turned out to be. I thought that those other two things would be the controversy. I thought it would be commercializing fandom, or I thought it would be the RPF. I really thought it would be the RPF. In fact, I actually put out a tweet kind of trying to lure the RPF side of fandom to see if I could get some <laughs> nods from them about what they thought, because some of my questions were, here's another thing we haven't talked about. Um, this, this, the, the representation of fandom, the, the place where they interact is pretty transparently to me. Um, kind of one of the oldest communities in Jamie Brand fandom, which is a message board community that also yeah. has chat functions and DM functions called Jamie Brand online, um, which I personally don't like and never interact with. 
but used to, and I recognize it as that. <laughs> reading well, this. And this is this there was a community sort of before then too, right? Right. Is it was I the mean, same she, name though? Yeah, I mean, she has a. You know, she portrays a pretty much universally positive fandom experience, and that might be for the purposes that this is a generally fluffy, you know, fluffy romance novel, or, you know, that was generally the experience, like her personal experience in fandom. Um, you know, uh, my experience with that particular fandom space was not a positive, happy, was not a positive, happy experience. And, you know, it, like, I guess her fandom experience was not recognizable to me as my fandom experience, which sort of makes me like, you know, not like, I don't care. Like, honestly, as something of a narcissist, I think I don't really think I'm a narcissist. But if there would have been a Nadia's Lavinia podcast, it would have made me so happy. Oh, <laughs> I was so I was so yeah, disappointed I that there wasn't so one. Everything got close to where I lived in fandom just kind of secondhand embarrassed me with uh, this. But. See, I would have been so happy. So. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I, it was pretty transparently that. So when it came out, what the real controversy with this book is in fa- in our fandom, and it does a- appear to be a very real controversy, people, uh, uh, I guess it's a subset because it's strange. I hadn't heard anything about this until yesterday, really. Um, and then I, I kind of saw it for the first time. I haven't, and I actually went and looked. I haven't seen any posts on Tumblr. I, I couldn't find anything on Twitter. Um, so, so there's there's a section of fandom that is apparently really, really upset and hurt. They feel that Olivia Dade um, spied on them is kind of kind of the term that kept coming up. And I want to try to represent this as well as I can, because these were people who really did have very hurt feelings about it. There were actually several things that people there were some. I talked to one person who was really, I think, upset about the commercialization aspect um, because fandom is. Fandom is, I get, you know, it's 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 a free it's a free exchange. It's kind of a gift economy type setup, you know. Like we we don't really charge for things. We we give, we share, we write we, stories, we create videos like, and gift sets, and we do it communal. for free. All, and we we our, yeah. all we get are likes and thanks, and you know, comments just camaraderie. <laughs> comments, yeah. Um, and so there were some old school people who were kind of upset about, about fandom being commercialized in that way. And I totally do get that. I, I guess I've just seen it so many times now, I guess I'm kind of immune to, to that aspect of it, but there was another aspect where people felt like they'd been spied on. And I think here's what this comes down to. Um, several of us think we probably know who Olivia Dade is on AO3 or archive of our own for anybody who's not really super into shipping fandom where, um, most of the Jamie Brienne fan fiction is published and read. We know who she is there, but it's very clear from this book that she did have some other fandom presence. And that username is not known to at least me or anyone else. And I don't know anyone who has interacted um, with her in fandom. I know some of us have interacted with her on Twitter now <laughs> after this book stuff with her Olivia Dade um, Twitter account, but it's pretty clear she did have a fandom identity. I think people are offended Um, at the idea that she was kind of in fandom, but didn't tell them she was going to use some of what she was seeing um, uh, in, in the book. And I will say it's not a position I, I I personally understand, I guess for me, you know, people writing about their experiences is pretty normal, but someone used an analogy of, you know, if someone came to dinner at your house and 
um, they left your house and they wrote about the experience of being your house, but they just changed the names and a few details. And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of what writers do. I, di I didn't want to dismiss it, but I, I, I've been in too many writer groups and I know what writers fucking do. <laughs> we do exactly. Yeah, that. I mean, I guess so. I would just, you know, I don't want to dismiss like the way, you know, I don't want to dismiss the way people feel about it, but I would just say that I feel like a lot of that thought has been from people that don't, that are specifically not reading the book and, you know, don't read it if you don't want to. But I would just say that the fandom, other than a couple of in jokes, her fandom experience is fairly generic. Yes. It, and, and again, it was, it's very much in the backdrop and it's not about, you know, it's not about the fandom. And I would just, I would have a hard time. I, I guess I, I would be surprised if people were hurt by it. I mean, I, I just, if, well, if someone read it and was hurt I, by it, it, it sounds I guess. like some people did read it and were hurt okay. by it, is what yeah. I would say. And I want to represent that view. I did. I don't. Yeah, mean to no, laugh for at, sure. I don't mean to laugh at the hurt. I, the analogy that was used just wasn't 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 ringing true for me. Just because it's like, yeah, well, I mean, people write about what they've experienced. That's not strange to me, I guess. You know, I just uh, can um, I, well, and, okay. and also it's like it's totally different to write a book based on your best friend who invited you to dinner. And just like change their name and appearance because that's that's one person that you're representing, like a specific person with a fandom in general. Like, you know, at, at least I I'm I, I think I'm pretty well versed in in who's in fandom and the kind of people that that roll around. And as I was reading, I honestly and I looked. I think you know that scene where she's meeting up with her friends at Comic Con. I was like who is this? Like, who's this person? And I couldn't tell because they're not real people. You know, she wasn't actually taking inspiration from individual members of our fandom. She, yeah. She I would say that just took the whole, yeah. the package, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like the jokes either, like belong to us. You know what I mean? Like we put them out there in like a public space for people to enjoy yeah, and, then and, well, right. and I see and, it more as like a meme. So it's like if a show were to yeah. be a popular meme that came out of somewhere. Like, or and exactly. I mean, the bang that was promised, I mean, Chicky, that's probably like a 2013, you know, like that's so long ago that someone hopping it. in the fandom in yeah, I'm not claiming any ownership of it. I don't think I ever really used it for anything. I invented it to put on the banner for our subreddit um, because on the on the R.A.S.O.I.A.F. subreddit, we used to always mm -hmm. joke about any post with Jamie and Brienne, someone would respond and say, and then they bang. And so I just was like, OK, well, what's a good Reddit worthy? You know, so I came up with that phrase and it kind of took off on its own. I'm not claiming it. I'm, I'm not saying I had to claim ownership of it. It's just, it was funny to see myself quoted in the book. I was like, Oh, that's yeah. funny. I, yeah. I even saw cares? some people from like general fandom using it a couple times because, you know, Jamie yeah. go in and use it. Just like, it just became a normal term. For, I mean, it's right. such a good term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, and it doesn't bother me that she's making money on this book. I mean, part of this is too, I know people who, <laughs> I know people who publish romance and I know nobody's making a fortune on, <laughs> you know, this, this romance novel. I mean, it, I, yeah. I hope, I hope it's, well, I mean, I, I've known 
too many romance writers who, you know, had to have a, a real job and wrote romance on the side. I, you know, I don't think anybody's is, is, you know, cashing. She's in a not living in her, her she, fabulous, she, like Greek Island mansion. No, I mean, no, so, this is not Danielle Steele that we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> so you guys, oh. I thought that I invented five Eva. <laughs> that I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> like, no, 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 you did not. Well, <laughs> the I mean, only thing I've contributed to fandom is twenty five nine, which no one would ever use anymore. <laughs> from that song. You know, I, I was okay. The other day, I was reading this biography about Laura Ingalls Wilder and her daughter, who sounds like she was a piece of work. Evidently, later in life, got parodied by several famous authors, including Sherwood Anderson into works of fiction and highly specific and offensive mean, like people who knew she, who she was would read these novels and plays and go, Oh, that is Rose Wilder Lane. And it was like clearly meant to be her. I don't get a sense of any of that. I mean, they're like generic. They're any fandom. I mean, you could probably go into like the supernatural fandom and find names like she's got. You know, the absolutely. They're, they're very not, not very genuine to fandom because they were all focused around the actual ship or the canon. And yes. I was like, usually there's only like maybe twenty, thirty percent of names that are, are based around that. Most people just kind of use pan fandom nicknames. Yeah, and things, so it's you know? not like <laughs> it's not like oh. This is clearly comma splice. There is nothing in there to tie anyone, as far as I can tell, to anybody specific. Well, it, it's all thing, very though. positive. I mean, I understand why people yeah. might feel betrayed, and I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not trying to downplay that, but. Well, yeah, but here's my other thing. Um, we're speaking for what we know of fandom. What what I was this hearing when I was hearing that people were offended, I wanted to make sure. Okay, this is pretty transparently JBO or Jamie Bray online. Was there something lifted from JBO that we don't know about? And I was kind of trying to find that out. And um, I also, I th- at the first, I, I thought maybe somebody's fanfic had been um, oh. lifted or something, just the way it was discussed. I, I, as far as I can tell, that's not the case. I don't think anybody is alleging that they, it, there doesn't seem to be any really, truly private content that was lifted. I think it's just people. And, you know, I kind of get it. I think people are really free in fandom, maybe yeah. freer than they can be in their real life. They might talk more about their, um, you know, sexual interests or fantasies in fandom than they would in real life. And maybe it does feel more like a betrayal to feel like something was was being observed and turned around and put out there. And maybe they did know they were technically in a public place, but it still is kind of scary in that way. So. I kind of want to try to honor that, you know, that feeling that they might be having, because that, that, that is real. And I, I totally can get why if, if you do feel you've been exposed, that could be scary or um, make you angry. Um, that's, you know, I totally see where that get, comes from. I think I would say what the rest of you have said, which is reading the book, um, the fandom is is not the center of the story. And it, it really, you know, if, if anybody who felt like they were super exposed um, in Jamie and Brienne fandom, I, I, I doubt you'd feel that way if you read the book is, is, is maybe my guess, but who knows, you know I mean? Everybody kind of has their own take on things. So one thing that makes me kind of sad is, you know, reading her biography, she got her master's in history from the university of Wisconsin. And so like, I kind of wish I knew her in fandom. Cause like, Oh, you, we could have, you know, we could have like actually been like real life friends. Cause I also like, I also enjoy um, 
pretty rocks and I live here and I've, you know, and I, you know, she lives in Sweden now and I've been to Sweden recently, weirdly enough. So it was sort of like almost like a missed, it felt like a missed opportunity almost like, oh, I wish I would have. I'm not going to lie. For interacted like, with her. For like a chapter or two there, I was like, is this Guile? Oh, <laughs> I, swear to, I swear to God. And then it was like, nah. <laughs> if Val was publishing romance and not telling us, I would just wring her neck. Yeah, I mean, especially since I have been in your like, home and I've, you know, sat across the table from you. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, you know, should I be offended that no one has guessed me since there is a Wisconsin connection? <laughs> you know, you're right. I didn't know there was a connection, but yeah, someone should have. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it is one of those things like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish I would have known her in that in that sense, just given like the, the real life connect, you know, the real life connections that would have been, you know, it would have been really fun. Um, but art, same yeah. time, I understand. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I mean, like, you know, obviously my voice is on this shit and you could probably find out who I was if you really wanted to. I don't want this connected to my professional life. Yeah. I don't want to have to try to explain to, you know, some client why I'm writing really smutty fanfic. I <laughs> Um, I try to keep my personal life separate. I have not done as good a job at that as I probably could have. But yeah, I mean, it's... I understand why she doesn't want to say whatever her fandom handle is. Oh, for sure. And, oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, we've, you know, to be totally transparent, like I've had quite a bit of interaction with her on Twitter just like after, you know, after reading that biography and being like, oh, my God, you lived in Madison. You know, like it's just like a natural conversation. And so, you know, she obviously knows we're doing this podcast and. You know, I don't know if I if I would if I were her, if I would be able to listen to this or not. Like, it'd be very like it would just be. A, yeah, it just would be a weird, ex, you know, it'd be a weird experience. But I think, you know, it just. Yeah, this is like reviews. You know, advice I'd ever take. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, I, you know, I think like our, you know, and I kind of after I read the book, I kind of suspected that, you know, we would have a fairly positive, you know, cause it's a cute book. Like we're all going to like it. You know, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing to dislike about the book. Um, some of the, you know, to be fair, I think some of the things that you've talking about, Trisha, uh, Trisha, who the hell is Trisha? What podcast are you on? Like the funny thing is, is our listeners, sometimes if we slip up and say a real name, we'll edit it out. That's not anyone's real name. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's just the liquor talking at this point. <laughs> but I think you know some of the things that Chicky were talking about probably would come as a surprise to her, and you know I you know that you know that might be something that she would want to respond to if she was listening to this episode. Which again, as much as she hopes that Nikolai Gostromato doesn't read the book, I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Although I yeah, feel like I, when I, you say that, I feel like she would secretly hope Nikolai Gostwaldo reads the book. I mean, you know he'd probably buy it and flip through it. Totally. I, mean, I feel like his daughters might enjoy it, honestly. Like, oh, God, no. <laughs> well, you know, I think once you get pa- and honestly, okay, I love him. I think he's a really good actor, but I don't think of him as a pretty face. I think he's a handsome guy, but I don't look at him and go like, I don't, that's not how I see him. Your experiences are not universal. (laughs) No, but I mean like, (laughs) but I mean, and I don't, 
I definitely don't do RPF with this man and Gwen or anyone else. I don't. No. It's not my bag. The okay, I admit the Macron um, uh, Justin Trudeau stuff was hot, but that's about as far as I go. But um, would you self insert yourself? You know, God no. In that? Oh, see, I would. Um, but I, ha- I have a whole like but, internal. But I guess my like, point is, plot. is like I, I'm not as. He's not my, you know me. I like I've got my hot old men, and I've read about them and stuff. But I have. I mean, read he's fifty now, men. comma. He's like pretty old. He's fifty. But I've read interviews and stuff with him, and it's he's not Marcus. I mean, Marcus no. is is a very no. different character, and yeah. I think she used him as a jumping off point, and then went her own way. Yeah. I mean, Marcus feels very different to me as a character. Um the direction she went with him and his background, all of that. I really don't think he's, I I think RPF may have been the start of it, but I think it turned into something very different. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I also, I also read a comment that someone, that someone left on the discord. I think that was like, uh, like they were disappointed that April was pretty like she, she's fat. But she's attractive and she's uh, sexually appealing to Marcus. And someone was saying that they were disappointed because uh, they thought that it was more like a Jamie and Brienne take, and that oh. she should have been ugly. And I was like, "That's not. That is not it at all. Like at all. This is not a Jamie and Brienne a no. thing. No, like, no, no. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, at all. I see. Too. Yeah, I see influence in it like there's some like similarities to it like where she's like feeling like insecure and all that stuff like i could see how that would happen with jamie and brian in the future but like but that's yeah, also like none... really germane to the experience of being a fat woman um and that's really you know where that is going and like the the point that it's trying to make is like yeah you know fat women are still attractive and can still be sexually desirable Right, and so it's a very different relationship, mm-hmm. and just sim- just small similarities with different context. Um, but yeah, it's not a Jamie and Brienne story. Yeah. So what is no, I no. think sounds like it's going to be a Jamie and Brienne story is there is going to be a sequel to the book. Um, it's called Slowburn, and it's supposed to come out in June of next year. And yes. it's about Alex, who is his best friend and castmate, and his minder. Um, Lauren, who is short and fat. So I'm like, yay, you know, all yay, yay, Lauren. Uh, I think I tweeted you guys when you were reading it, like, okay, you got to get to the, ch-, you know, like there's a one paragraph thing about them that was very Jamie Brienne. Like, okay, this is the <coughs> Jamie Brienne. AU is actually these yeah, two side yes, characters. Yes, agreed. Because like, agreed. you know. Because they have that or, hate love thing. Where, right. And you know, Lauren's the stick her. in the mud, you know, stick yeah. in the mud minder of kind of the chaotic character. Like yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's very much a Jamie Brienne AU. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. That, you know, I would, I intend to read it. I, you know, I really Dang. like immediately was like, oh, I want this, you know, this is the relationship I want to hear um, more about. And then, you know, like, like I said, I've had discussions with her on Twitter. So I think there's a couple other people that we were sharing our, you know, short people issues of like you know when stores put like it was actually our strategies for getting things off of like 
the top shelf in grocery stores or in like the top cases in the freezer sections. And oh, like right. sort of jump up, jump up, reach, reach, fail, look for a tall person. I try to find like a, a long pasta box and use that <laughs> to try to like, get it, reach in and get it off the shelf. Like that's like my typical strategy. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely it, a, it definitely felt like, you know, very much felt like Jamie Brandon. I think she's talked about like how, you know, yes, April is a fat and beautiful woman, but she wants to like explore romances with, you know, maybe a short, fat, unattractive, you know, or, or, you know <coughs> ugly woman, you know, <coughs> you know, other than being tall, more of your brand archetype. She wants to have, you know, she's talked about she'd like to have a hero that's, you know, like, a, you know, a heavy man. Like she, you know, like that yeah. body representation is something that's pretty important to her, which is, you know, it's, I, you know, I don't think oh, it's like think that it's incredibly cool. unusual, but it's super cool. Yeah. I wonder, I don't, I, this is part of my not being in, in romance anymore. Maybe this is more typical now. Back when I was reading, it was like, there were fat heroines once in a while, but then they would turn out to not be that fat in reality. Or they would diet, or or it would be yeah. something like I remember yeah. Regency where yeah. there was a Susan, Susan Wiggs had a, a really good ugly duckling. I did like the story, but you know the fat girl lost weight in the end. And you know I'm a fat girl. I love that this is fat girl representation, and I'm pretty unapologetic about it. Not a lot of like internal oh wah wah. You know like yeah. I'm I'm so sad. It's so terrible that I'm fat. None of that. Just April accepts herself and is is cool with herself. And I I really kind of loved the way that she represented it. I I was all about it, quite frankly. I actually, you know, as much as I'm looking forward to the sequel with Alex and Lauren, I kind of would I would kind of like to see a story about her mom, because I think that would be like really unconventional to have like a, you know, 60 some year old woman who's, you know, had this like terrible marriage that's kind of shaped her life and like, you know, could this one break away from that? And then like, what would, what would that next step be? Like that sort of like an interesting thing so I cool. haven't read about before. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, it just seems like, oh, cause that character really like that character too was really like, it felt, I'm sure it's not, you know, unique or whatever, to, but it felt like very unique to me. And I wanted to, you know, and again, I think it goes back to what Kama said, like some of the non-romance stuff in the book was really interesting. And like yes. that, yes. that relationship yes. was really interesting. And I thought that that character would have, you know, potential to, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that character again, I think is, is what I mean. Agreed. Okay. So while we're on this subject, this is one of the things that actually I, I did want to talk about. Um, so there's this kind of like very like, you know, small story thread about April being upset about fat shaming in fic in the fictional fandom mm. in the book. And I, it really surprised me. I was like, is this even about Jamie Brienne fandom? Do, is there fat shaming in our fic that I'm not aware of? I was I was kind of trying to figure it out. I I can't I can't remember any. I'm pretty sensitive. As I said, in I have a fat or I'm, in yeah, the I mean, larger AOSA. I have fandom. You know, sometimes Maybe. Wall does in Jamie Brienne fix, but she's usually yeah. like, I like, a, you in. know, like a nice, like a nice, fun friend. Like, and I think she's always, you know, I, I mean, I've always seen Walden fix portrayed as like very sex positive. Yes. You know, somewhat, which is somewhat canon and, you know, just very like, you know, very happy with herself. Basically, I don't. Tip, you don't typically see her portrayed in a negative light. And really. usually, the characters who talk about her in a negative right light are people like Ramsey, who yeah. You know, if you're identifying with him, you really need to look for. Some I mean, therapy. You know, like I now. could see. 
I can't think of any I can't think of specific examples, but I could I could imagine that there maybe are Jamie Brienne fix that like make like mock Cersei's weight gain. I mean, again, I can't think of any specific examples, but that'd be like the oh. only scenario I could really think of this if, well, is, if there's something that's too. or other. Oh, yeah. Vandals, I, I mean, I suspect I mean, I'm not sure, but. I strongly suspect that she's been a part of other fandoms possibly yeah. in her life. And maybe she's encountered it there. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say well, yeah, because I, I, I have been so I, removed from JB fic for a long time. I, yeah, I felt that because the character wasn't very Brienne esque, like there was a little bit, some couple similarities, but nothing in like, you know, the reason why we ship Jamie and Brienne. Um, she, like I just feel like the issue was just it just pertained to her character, so it was created because that's what the character was going through, and it wasn't a reflection on anything from the fandom. Um, unless there's like something of the equivalent that people are writing in fic, where it's like I don't know, like ableism or I don't know, yeah, um, racism and some ableism out there. I don't know. Right. I no, I, I was just surprised. I'm, I'm pretty sensitive about fat shaming. I was like, this is surprising. Is this happening in our fandom? But yeah, like Kama said, she's probably had experiences in other fandom like most of us had. So maybe it was from somewhere else or just something in her life that she wanted to translate in. I don't know. I just thought I'd ask, see if anybody else had ever noticed it. One thing that I well, did, and- I, there was something I did notice and it was, it, it reminded me because I'd seen discussions back when I was, had more than a, like at this point, I've got a maybe a toe and part of a finger in fandom, and that's about it. I mean, this podcast is pretty much it. Um, the Discord occasionally. But she has like an exchange. I don't remember if it's with Marcus himself or with his alter ego there, where she's talking about how the showrunner's casting a much more conventionally attractive woman as Lavinia, um, like mm-hmm. detracted. And I have seen, I mean, there's, this is one of the things, there's a sort of divide in the JB fandom about Brienne being someone who is ugly on the outside and beautiful on the inside, or someone who just needs a makeover. And I think for a lot of fans, I'm not speaking for everybody, but that it's important that Brienne isn't just someone who just needs some lipstick and a cute top. I mean, that, you know what no, I, mean? I mean? I think, right. Cause I mean, I think you, you know, we play, well not play, but there's the idea that, you know, Brienne, it's very, you know, it's very important that Brienne is ugly. Like she's not conventionally unattractive. Like, no, she's ugly. And the idea is that, you know, an ugly person a physically ugly person is still worthy and deserving of love, you know, but then there's also the reality of, you know, casting in Hollywood, like, you know, imagine the challenge when, if someone was like, well, you have to have a six foot four woman. Right. Um, and she has to also be really ugly. Right. No, no, no. I'm and not, she also needs to act. Like, I, I'm not, but I think, you know, that would be like, I Mark told, and I've said that. I've yeah, said that. I, I think yeah. what I'm saying is like, I think for me, that was sort of, that bit about Lavinia being cast, you know, a, a more attractive actress being in that part, that resonated as something I've seen in the fandom. This, like, sort of divide. 
Um, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. getting when... at. I, I understand the realities of trying to find a very tall actress with a certain, you know, I get it. Um, but I think I've seen that expressed. That's like, I've read like <laughs> canon or not canon. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's been outside of the Jamie Brienne fandom too. I mean, that's been, you know, the casting decisions have been in the general fandom for like, you know, 10 years or, you know, however long. I, now. I, I so, think I mean, I don't, that, yeah. I mean, Lavinia or not Lavinia, April specifically talks about why it was important to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the piece I'm getting at. So, yeah. No, I think, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, that definitely speaks to a lot of, you know, a lot of the Jamie Brand fandom and a lot of the larger A Song of Ice and Fire fandom. Because, I mean, as much as, you know, we are engrossed in Jamie and Brienne as a ship, there's, you know, people that are not shippers per se, but still, you know, really are, you know, really think, you know, really, uh, really relate and really like Brienne and are really attached to that character and may not necessarily ship her with Jamie, but still have, you know, that attachment and love for the character so i think you know it it transcends the it transcends the jamie brand fandom although i still like laugh when i not laugh i kind of laugh cry when i see still the asha should have been hotter in the show like i hate you i hate like all of you so much um (laughs) and that's see there we go that's and i mean again like she had such a pot like she you know she portrays such a positive fandom experience and it's just not, you know, it's like not the first, what some of us have No, had. You know what it is? It's like that first, which you never quite get back again. It's, it's sort of like your first part of sticking, you know, stepping into fandom and it's wonderful and everyone is so mm-hmm. nice and it's this great experience. And if you don't get out, man, sometimes you're like... <laughs> I, I mean, I think like the longer you're that, in, it's different, you know, that rush of finding people that care really deeply about the yes. thing that you care really deeply about, yes. you know, like that, that kind of excitement is, you know, kind of, you know, like really, you know, frankly, kind of thrilling. Of course, you know, like how come we couldn't have, have had like some, you know, some super hot secret dude in our fandom? <laughs> Maybe we do. <laughs> Who knows? We might. We might. You never know. Yeah. I once dated like, a fandom person, not in this fandom, but another one. <laughs> we ooh. dated for like two years. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's kind of like relating to the story. A bit. So this had like a lot of because I know, you know, you had you had tweeted about you had been in the um, earthquake simulator as well. So like you have a lot yeah. of like connections to the story. <laughs> yeah. Bay Area girl earthquake sim- simulator with fiance. <laughs> and, you know, in the Jamie Brienne fandom. Yeah. I mean, it's like, a, yeah, a few a few things. Um, was there anything else anyone wanted to, you know, anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure that we touched on with the book? Like I said, I'm keeping it and I almost never do that these days. That's a big compliment. I mean, I could tell I liked it because I, you know, because I cared about the, I, I cared and thought about the tertiary characters, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I guess like, you know, so at least I immersed myself into the world that she created for a bit, which you know, again, like, you know, pandemic, awful election world, like, it's really, you know, awesome to be able to do that for the course, you know, of a couple of days or whatever that you kind of live in, live in that world. And if there was a Gods of the Gate book, I would totally read it. I know, me too. Or Gods at the Gates, excuse me. Hell, I'd be down for a decent um, adaptation of the Aeneid, which I have never actually read. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, God, the whole Dido thing, though, is just so awful. <laughs> really? Well. Uh, okay, and you know, you don't want to piss off the Homer fandom. <laughs> you're in the Homer fandom. We know you're in the Homer fandom. I know, I kind of, you know, I don't know what, like, the Homer fandom exists in, but I just know we all hate that fucking Troy movie, so. Well, um, do we? I mean, if Brad Pitt's thighs were great, but it was literally yeah. the only th- good thing in the Well, Rose Byrne it was very pretty. Like, that's the only good things in the movie. Thirst All right, sorry. out every time. I am I'm thirst. In... I mean, I'm not even like, oh, Brad Pitt, but he, you know, looks great in a skirt in that movie. Oh, my God. Fuck Orlando it. Bloom is in that, too. Everyone yeah. was hot in that and movie. Eric Everyone Banner. was hot. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's hot. Okay. Th- there yeah. is an Aeneid fandom for Virgil. Okay. There are 36 works in AO3. Um, Not a lot. They're never so going to listen to us. There's, 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 there's oh. hope. Well, and, you know, I actually didn't know, like, the Lavinia part of it. You know, Not so I mean, that has, like, an arranged marriage tag on it, which I know we all enjoy. So <laughs> yeah. there definitely is potential there. I don't remember anything about the Aeneid. I, I know I technically studied it. I forgot it existed for 20 years. We had to read I, the Iliad. We didn't do the Aeneid. Or Aeneid, I don't know how you're supposed to say it. And I never covered it in college, so. I've honestly oh. always wanted to kind of do a Damien Brienne AU of the Odyssey. But, you know. Well, we support, as always. Yeah. <laughs> so would she be, so would Brienne be like, Odysseus and Jamie would be Penelope, or how would you do no. this? No, Jamie would be Odysseus, but Brienne would be Athena. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> which means Penelope's had to say it would Cersei? Be Cersei. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Well, and I feel like Arya could be like I just well I don't know why I picture like Arya as is it Nausicaa? Who's the the cool daughter that he meets of the friendly king like right near the end i think so it's been so and she, long yeah she helps him out that. i mean there's like talk about great female roles you get you know calypso and cersei athena penelope like there are some awesome female roles in the odyssey which is probably why it, there hasn't been a good adaption for it wow good point yeah it's just this one dude meeting a bunch of really awesome women yeah, I mean, you could have Poseidon in there as, you know, you're, you oh, know, as oh, a decent oh. character. There are 141 works in the Odyssey Homer, which is tough to find, but once you do. Okay. So it's a now slightly bigger years. fandom. <laughs> room, room here, though. It's total room. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's probably been a really, like, long, ongoing fandom. There could be, like, works in AO3 going back to, like, 608, or not 600, like... <laughs> Yeah, like 600 AD or whatever, you know? A work in progress just stopped <laughs> 500 years ago. God damn it. That person never Well, yeah, anything. I mean, that's, that's happened. And... <laughs> I think, you know, um, just maybe one last thing is, you know, both of the, both of the characters are <clears throat> obviously prolific fiction writers. And, you know, they, you know, how much did that resonate with you that, I guess have wrote, you know, fan fiction and, you know, particularly those of you who have worked with, um, with betas before. Cause I never, you know, I never did when I wrote fiction, but, no. um, you know, I know some of you guys have. I, I think the relationship between uh, an author and their beta can be really special. I mean, I was really good yeah. friends. I still am really good friends with, um, with a, uh, the one person who usually does my fic. 
I haven't written in a long time, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And I've um, enjoyed beta being a beta reader for other people. Hell, I wrote a fic called Beta. <laughs> <laughs> was that an ABO I, or was that I about? Unfortunately, it's it's a Jamie. It's not Jamie. It's a um, it's Cersei and Stannis are independently writing fan fiction and somehow end up being beta readers for each other. Oh. Do they fall in love? <laughs> See if they fell in love, then maybe you you know you have a case no, here. No, I really don't want them to in this this particular <laughs> universe. It was just sort of, and I honestly I based it on um, I had that summer hall thing, like everyone was watching this PBS mm-hmm. kind of drama, and I don't know. Anyhow, I don't know. I think so. You PBS so hold on here a second. So you created a fake drama and then yes. had characters writing fan fiction of your yes, fake drama? I did. <laughs> so, I think yeah. You had, I think, like, they all had names. Like, I did things like um, High Hearts Ghost, and I came up with fic names that, you know, like author names, like handles, like Red Lioness and Proud Wing and stuff, and you know. Just wow. Like, well, I don't think it's that original. I think it's what people do. No, it's, I didn't. I, I, I somehow don't know of this fic. Well, I will link it to you it. in the Skype chat. And anyone <laughs> Thanks, else? Buddy. I'm on uh, AO3 if you want to read it. <laughs> Sorry, Ash, I talked over you earlier. What were you going to say? I can't remember. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was oh, my bad. Oh, I it's remember like some... that my... I, I thought it was really sweet. Like, you mentioned the, the beta relationship. You know, you're... you're the writer's relationship with a beta. And it does really involve a lot of trust. Um, and it's really bad when it goes sour. And I unfortunately speak from experience because uh, my beta and I did not end on good terms. Um, yeah. So I, that really hit me. Like that fear of like what your beta would think about you or you know, that, that sense of, of losing the person. And then, you know, even though you didn't know this person in real life, it really does feel like, like someone ripped it, something out of you, you know? Yeah, I mean, that kind of resonated with, with me too, is, you know, when she lost the, you know, book Aeneas would never like, yeah, she, you know, she gained Marcus, but she did lose this person that she had this like really close relationship with in fandom. And, you know, that was like a real, you know, I thought she portrayed that well as, like, a real loss. Like, yeah, she's falling in love with this guy, but, you know, this loss of this friend is still, you know, is still kind of a shadow over her. And, you know, I thought that felt real. Because, I mean, that's the thing in fandom, too, is, you know, it's like people people leave, you know. And, or people, you know, people yeah. leave, people minimize, you know. And it it, it is, yeah. like, a loss. And, I, you know, I think it was it was right, I guess, to portray it that way. And I think that goes back to, like, another thing that I just really loved about this book. Like, you know, it's a romance novel. There's love and there's sets and there's fluffy stuff. But there's some really hard-hitting, serious shit. Like, you know, the the whole thing with um, April's parents and her dad being, like, you know, this super verbally abusive man who fat shames her and how her mother... um, is very kind of nice, but then she's always like, you know, would you like to try this diet? Would you like to try these pills? How about you only have half a slice of, of pizza 
or wouldn't you rather eat a salad? Like that to me, you know, you yeah. can't wear something also, that like, tight. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, I yeah. mean, that wrecked me. That fucking wrecked me. Cause it took me back to my teenagehood, uh, with my family and that fucking wrecked me. And I love that she went there. I really respect a writer who's like not afraid of going to these really dark, tough places and making, you know, the readers feel a lot of emotions. I love that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it goes back to, you know, what Kama said, you know, way back to what Kama said at the start of the episode of just like really liking and appreciating the things. Cause I mean, let's face it, like the, rom- you know, a romance is a romance is a romance. And there's, you know, it's fairly, con- you know, they're all fairly conventional when it comes down to it. And some of the things that, you know, be, beyond like our personal connection because of the fandom with this book. I mean, some of the things that do set it aside are, are, you know, are those aspects of, of their family relationships. And it kind of makes it maybe more than it had to be. It would still be a cute, fun book without all of that, but that kind of makes it better than it, than it needed to be, or it could have been really. And I, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I really appreciate that. And it makes me definitely makes me look forward to her next book, like more than I would have otherwise. Yeah, totally. Well, I've put a bunch of her stuff now that I know she's written other things on my to read list. And I can't wait to hear what you like. I feel like the li- the the librarian one is very promising. So well, oh, yeah. to be you fair, heard, that's a that's a popular voice. trope. That's not anything new. But I like I said, I liked this book. I liked it well enough. Do you know how many books I read and then just go, yeah, I don't need this in my home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wish I had a physical copy because I do really like the cover. But I just you know, unfortunately, I just have it on a Kindle, so um, it will live in you know live in space. Um, is okay, there anything I you... oh, go ahead. before we go on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kama was my beta on one of my fics, and she is probably the best beta I've ever had. Oh, so I just want to slip that. Thank you. Your... So hold up here. Wasn't your sister your beta on some other fics? My sister, my sister is always my first reader. <laughs> okay. She, um, is not what you would call a um, line editor for me. I'm going. No, you need a semicolon there, to... or you gotta you gotta clear that up. Yeah, that's, I just wanted to just try I'm to stir up for. some family drama, so. <laughs> well, she'll never hear this. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's a good time for that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a great time for family drama. That's what we all need is family drama. That's what I'm supposed to do, All right, well, thank you. If there, if, um, if no one has anything else, um, thank you guys so much. It was so, I mean... Like not to get like super meta, but you know, obviously with the with the podcast, we we don't have guests as often as we as we do. So this is you know the first time we've had a podcast with Ash and Jen in a long time. So That's it was so just like long. a really nice little yes. fandom reunion. If I know, it's yes. so, your voice. like a year. <laughs> yeah, because the, the show was actually no, I did a chapter after. So yeah, it was like a year. Jeez, so, yeah, it's for it's, me. It's been like three years. Gosh, gosh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it it is some, you know, it's nice that as much as none of us are that really involved in the fandom, and I think we all kind of have like a a toe or a leg or or whatnot in the fandom as it is now. Um, Just some of us more, some of us less. It's still, you know, it's nice to know that we can kind of pick up where we left off a little bit too. And, you know, our love for Jamie and Brienne still, 
still goes on. Oh, they're going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I, I've I tried know. to let go. I've tried. <laughs> you know, because he's never going to finish the book, so we're never going to get, like, we're, we're never, never going to get out. out. Yeah, we're never going like, to get out. <laughs> to them, like. We're never going to yeah. get the bang that was promised. That is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah we're oh, just okay. never going to get resolution. We lost the toe for life. That toe is stuck here, and we're never yep. going to back out. <laughs> for the nine-toed. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you all so much and i am closing the door oh sorry i'm not closing the door because we have business so <laughs> um see this is what I happens love you, Kyle. A, it's a drunk cast yeah. and b i haven't modded in like a couple months so um you can find us on podbean on itunes um Anywhere you regular, regularly listen to your podcast. But if you'd like to support the, the podcast, you can find us on Patreon, I believe, at Close the Door and Come Here. Um, you can also find us on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here. You can email us at and at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at Door Podcast. And we'd love to get your comments and questions. Um, you know, as I said, this, as we said, this is a special episode and we will be going back to our Game of Thrones reread. And so we'd love to get your reaction to this episode, but also if there's any questions and commentary on, you know, some of the upcoming uh, Game of Thrones chapters, we'd love to cover that as well. And I'm closing the door for real now. Get out.